Good afternoon, it's 12 o'clock and welcome to this edition of the MoneyWeb at Midday Show. My name is Raik van Ikerk and this show is brought to you by the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants, Leaders in Business. Well, it's uh, all read on the screens today, the trade war between the US and China uh, seems to hit uh, crisis levels. Uh, markets all over the world are down. The rand is under immense pressure and there uh, seems to be serious concerns that the trade war could affect the world economy. Simon Brown of Just One Lap and Johan Hoes of Sasfin is with me in studio and uh, hopefully they can shed some light and insight into this developing war and the impact on South Africa. In other corporate news, uh, Aton voted against the uh, merger of Murray and Roberts and Avenge, um, but I believe that transaction has been approved. And uh, there are also uh, some statements out from uh, several of the banking groups who is vying for Mercantile Bank, an interesting transaction that is unfolding there as well. But first, let's look uh, at some of the major indicators. The JSE is down 1% uh, at 56,649 points uh, not too long ago. It was over, well over 58,000 points. Resources down uh, two-thirds of a percent. Industrials down 1.4%. Financials down virtually 0.9%. The gold index uh, up, the only one in the green, uh, at 0.9%. Let's look at international markets. Um, Dow Jones Jones futures um, down 1.4%. That doesn't bode well. Um, In Europe, um, the FTSE 100 is down half a percent. The DAX is down 1.4%. The CAC 40, 1.2%. Earlier in Southeast Asia, it was also not a good day. The Nikkei is closed down 1.8%. Shanghai saw a bit of a, a, a carnage, uh, down 3.8%. And in the Hang Seng, also down 2.8%. Let's look at the currencies. The uh, Rand is currently trading at 13.89 against the US dollar, significantly weaker than yesterday. The pound is trading at 18.30. And uh, 16 rand and 3 cents will buy you 1 euro. Um, on the uh, cryptocurrency market, a Bitcoin will cost uh, 6,714 US dollars, while it will cost you 94,989 rand. Um, let's look at some commodities. Uh, Brent crude is tra- trading at $75.10. Uh, gold is trading at $1,280. Uh, platinum at $880.92. Some real pressure there. And on the capital market, uh, the R186 at 9.21%, the lowest I've seen it in, in many months. Um, and uh, let's just f- finally look at some shares. Sabanya so Gold up 3.5%. Bats, uh, a nice bounce. 2.6%, Mediclinic 2.5% higher, and on the downside, uh, Barlow will down 3%, Grove Point down 2.6%, Exaro 25 uh, Bright also shed another 2.4%. Well, um, Simon Brown from Just One Lap, welcome to the show. Uh, let's start with the capital market, the R186, uh, 9.2%. That is a significant uh, drop. It is, Rick. I mean, it was it was sub nine. I think earlier this you know, yesterday, if not last week, at least. Um, and folks will say 0.2 percent, but in, in 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 a bond market, that's massive. And there are a couple of things driving it. One is we can see it happening in our czar because uh, people are obviously getting out of the bond, taking their money home. Uh, where's it going? 
it's going anywhere but emerging markets. So it's going into into US, it's going into Europe. Uh, we've seen the Italian yields go negative again after that spike out uh, during May, early this month in June when they went above almost 2%. Um, and it's just showing that emerging market concerns, which we're a part of, and they're driven by by some geopolitical issues happening in some of the market, but also by the the potential threat of trade wars, which are, you know, trade wars are bad for for capitalism, um, and the folks who are going to get hurt hardest are going to be the smaller economies. The U.S. will will get hurt, but will get less so than a Turkey or a South Africa or Brazil. Yeah, so Rack, just you know, if you look at our bond market, we were the best performing emerging market bond market in the first first quarter of this year, and uh, uh, to a large extent, the Ramaphoria effect was still there. But then we hit a bit of a bad patch in April in terms of some of the economic numbers, and then again, the more global picture started influencing the the local bond market, and uh, you know, the foreigners aren't getting the kind of returns that they had in the first quarter of this year. But let's talk about the the trade war. It seems like Trump is looking for products to slap a duty on just because he wants to show how strong he is. Um, But it is having a massive impact on emerging markets. Um, Simon, are we affected more than other markets? Or are we actually uh, just flying, you know, in the bunch? I think we're just flying in the bunch. I mean, there, there will be bits where we're affected. At this point, obviously, there's no direct tariffs onto us. Uh, Mexico has threat of that. Um, but, you know, again, Brazil, not uh, uh, Turkey. The other sort of emerging markets and top-tier emerging markets, for want of a phrase, are, are broadly not directly being hit. But we're going to feel those implications and, 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 and the impacts of it. You know, what does a trade war do? It, it adds a, a tax onto, onto products crossing borders, which makes it more expensive for, for consumers in those countries, which means they've got less discretionary spend. It potentially pushes inflation. That has interest rate implications. And we're really just sort of at, at, at the whims of it. You know, if, if no product that we manufacture, and there are some, I mean, you know, we, we do some stainless steel and the like, uh, not much going into the U.S., but certainly could have impacts. But we're just, you know, net losers from that entire process. And, it, you know, when the elephants fight, it's the grass that suffers. And in this case, I mean, we're the grass. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking at the Market Watch website, one I really think is pretty good. Um, and it screams headline, uh, trade war, uh, well, Dow Jones slump, uh, more than 300 points on fears of full out trade war, actually Dow Jones futures. Um, and uh, if looking at the Wall Street Journal, also lead story, and it says Trump readies uh, for more tariffs on China. Mm-hmm. This can escalate more, much more than we are currently seeing. Yeah, so the Dow Jones, it looks like it's going to be down for the sixth day in a row. Um, if you look at the, the initial uh, uh, you know, kind of stance that the, the Trump government took was to say we're going to slap on about $50 billion worth of tariffs and then, um, then, the, then there was the whole issue of uh, you know, going at looking at a second round or second list that was actually going up to $100 billion worth of you know, trade that was going to be slapped with these uh, tariffs and the, the Chinese I thought was, was quite measured in their initial kind of response to the $50 billion because they basically said that we'll be doing, looking at something like 30 Four billion worth of of trade that we will uh, put some tariffs on, and and one can just hope that in this at this point in time um, the Chinese will, will will you know keep a, a cool head and, and and not respond too aggressively to some of these messages coming from the tr- uh, Trump government. Simon, uh, this Marion Roberts uh, Aton Avenge deal is pretty interesting, and this morning 
Um, Marion Roberts' shareholders actually um, gave the uh, board the green light to pursue the merger with uh, Avenge. Um, Aton tried to prevent it, um, but 52% of the shareholders actually voted for the the company's board to continue. Um, obviously, the deal has not been struck um, as the, the the actual merger needs to be approved. Uh, interesting corporate battle. We haven't seen one like this in a while. We haven't seen a corporate battle in ages. And for mm. outsiders like us, it's, it's truthfully, it's fun. It, it's not fun for Aton and Marion Robertson Avenge boards. I get that. Um, but I, I, I got to say that it, 52% is a close call. I mean, Aton obviously at 44%, but the, the way the, the, the meeting works, it's a number of votes there so and seldom do a hundred percent of shareholders pitch to these or send proxies or to, to, to the meeting so now they've got it they wait that approval we're still waiting for the avenge rights issue uh, which is 49 percent guaranteed uh, which means they'll get at least a couple of hundred million but avenge i mean i to me it always very much looked more like marin roberts attempting a blocking move on aton because we've kind of known for a couple of years that they would come they're built to stake to 25 percent and you really don't, you know, unless you're an asset manager, there's no benefit of a 25% stake. Either take it to control uh, or, or, you know, don't play in the pond. So they were always going to be coming. And I'm I'm not convinced. I mean, Ryan Roberts has been working quite hard to get away from traditional civils and construction. And Avengers kind of like erring back off into that direction. I know they talk about synergies and the like, uh, but I, I, you know, I, I'm not convinced. And, and it's a sector where, frankly, very few companies, if you look at over the last, you know, two, three decades, it predominantly has not been a good place for, for, for investing. We saw Basil Reed go into uh, business rescue on Friday. Uh, we've got Group 5 looking quite wobbly at the same time as well. Yes, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the construction sector is really going through a very tough time. I think it's like the perfect storm they've hit, you know, on various fronts. If it's not the competition commission, then it's these kind of uh, the numbers that we've seen in terms of, you know, the, the uh, as, we, as was mentioned, Basil Reed. Uh, it's a company that was worth 2.7 billion uh, rand uh, just before the, you know, the Soccer World Cup. And uh, now it's down to, I think, 30 million, being yeah. worth 30 million rand. So it's a huge, uh, a massive destruction of value that's actually occurred there. Yeah. Maria and Roberts down 2.4%. Avenge up uh, 3%, but uh, that's only a five cents rise. Um, but I'm looking at the whole sector, and it's pretty red, probably because of the market. Um, but the, Simon, the sector is really under pressure. Um, we saw PPC results yesterday flat. I thought it was actually decent numbers. Um, but, uh, you know, when you get excited about flat numbers, it shows you... And that, and that is for one of the better companies in the sector. Yeah, it does. And and, and if if we look if we look locally, you know, there's no spend happening. And I get it. You you come to Rosebank and Johannesburg, Santon and the like. Yep, there are cranes everywhere. But as soon as you leave those two hubs, the cranes disappear. The construction isn't happening. The big projects aren't happening. You know, Eskom isn't doing anything. Government directly isn't doing anything. Um, the the spend just isn't happening. So you've got a, a, a local sector which was always a a thin margin sector, just not finding any work. Uh, many have tried new territories. They've moved north into the rest of the continent. They've tried in Australia. But as soon as you do that, you run into all, all your local competitors. You also find yourself running into the Australian, Brazilian, Chinese, Italian, Spanish construction companies at, at the same time. Um, and it's just a chronically overtraded market locally. And, and there's no demand for it, which is why companies like Marin Roberts had moved very much away from good old-fashioned civils, uh, gone more to contract mining more into oil and gas 
which is why, as I say, the Avenged deal, and I, deal, and I, I get Australia, but it, 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 it's almost like, it's not a U-turn, but it's kind of like reaching back into the past when they were supposed to be making a, a sort of a new path forward. And that's what Atron wanted Murray and Roberts for. They, they, they didn't want the civils component. They wanted the contract mining uh, and, and, and the oil and gas components. And Rick, you know, for this uh, sector specifically, there's no uh, silver bullet. There's no quick answer here. I think what best we can hope for is that, you know, the $100 billion that the Ramaphosa government is trying to uh, target, they're trying to achieve in terms of fixed investment and, and, and actually the government getting going on, on, on the national development plan, that hopefully, you know, that, that, those are the key drivers that could potentially lift this industry. Mm. Just uh, the mercantile bank, uh, you know, uh, transaction what is, which is on the horizon. Uh, several banks uh, are actually uh, vying for it. Nedbank, Capitec, um, Grinrod Bank, um, the PIC as well. It seems it's like going to be a nice little battle, number one. And number two, um, it shows you how seriously banking licenses are, you know, or how valuable they are. Absolutely. And you'll remember the, the crisis of the early 2000s where banking licenses were being handed back. People were falling over the business bank, Regal and others. Um, and and there's, some good, there's some good potential synergies there. You can see the fit with Grinrod Bank. That makes really good sense. They've got a, a small business so that they could do with some, some extra capacity. They were looking to do deal a few years ago uh, and that fell through, so this could really help them there. Capitec would very much be them moving off in a new direction, uh, focusing on business, but it is one of the, the, the complaints, and I, I use the word lightly, Against Capitec, you know, they want traditional sal- salaried individuals and 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 sole proprietors and 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 SMEs and the like. Are you know, we want to bank at 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 at, at uh, Capitec. Of course, Michael Jordan, ex CEO of of FNB, uh, is coming with Bank Zero end of this year, maybe early next year. Uh, he's going to be targeting that. But it is a, a a complete change. And even with Mercantile Bank, who who for a long time in the market, I remember being a shareholder of them and thinking this was a great little niche bank that really had potential. Uh, I got shaken out very quickly with that and, and, and shown just how wrong I was. Uh, but a, a nice, valuable little asset that I think is going to fit well uh, in, in the right space. PRC is the oddity. I mean, I get the PRC and I get why, but I think some synergies with the Capitec or Grinrod or someone like that probably works better for them. Yeah. If you think about what the government wants to achieve and you think about what we need in this country in terms of entrepreneurs, and this is the niche bank that actually specializes in serving entrepreneurs, then there could be a nice play on that. Um, but, uh, you know, I think they had 18 non-binding offers, which I suppose is not the worst <laughs> space to be in. Yeah, you know, and you have several other niche banks that will emerge. Most of them are focused on, on, on non, you know, traditional transactional banking, and I don't, I don't think there's one aimed at small business or you know the business market specifically. But uh, it shows you that the, 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 the worlds of the traditional big four, big five, are being encroached in, and it's from these niche players. I think you're 100% right, and, and, and there's a, a bunch of these niche players, and, and, and Sassfin being one of them in the SME space, very much so. Um, but what, what, what we've seen over the last sort of, I suppose, decade, decade and a half with the likes of Capitec has been very much the focus on the, on the individual bank account and getting that costing and ease of use and, and pricing down. Uh, and Capitec certainly done it, and they've got a cost to income ratio in the mid-30s. It will rise in time. But compared to the other big four who's sitting in the mid 50s, who is going to struggle to get it, you know, down to the low 50s, and that new battleground is going to be well. Okay, you know, how much unbanked 
individuals do we have in this country now with Capitec at almost you know, 10 million uh, accounts? Uh, where's next? It's going to be, we're seeing it to some degree with the discoveries, which is going to go for the high net worth and the like, and, 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 and the rewards and all of those synergies with Vitality. But I think that next battleground is going to be, well, what about the small businesses? Because, you know, and, and not to, to dis the SASFINs, but SASFINs, you know, sort of in maybe the more medium rather than the, the very small. If you're a small little entrepreneur, you know, doing maybe a, a million or even half a million or a couple of hundred thousand revenue a year, you're struggling to get a really good banking relationship. You're struggling to get really good products. You're struggling to get really good pricing. Uh, you know, and we talk about entrepreneurs and we talk about SMEs being so important. And this is one of those legs that, that is really, really important. And I think going to be over the next sort of decade or two, one of the, the new battlegrounds coming through. Yeah, and I, I don't want to sell uh, my own company here, but we have actually identified that need in, in really the small, yeah. really the entry-level entrepreneur. And we are already starting to roll out, you know, kind of very basic banking products coming at a very low cost just to try and help them with things like payroll, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. simple things which, which are critically important. But when you're a small SME and you're busy focusing on whatever it is you do, you don't want to have to worry about that sort of, you know, yicky stuff. Yeah, you don't. You want to sell. You, you want, want to sell. your best entrepreneur to be out there doing productive things rather than battle with a bank statement or a, or a cancelled check. But anyway, thank you. That is all we have time for today. Thank you so much for Simon Brown from Just One Lap and Yuan Hoes from Sasfin. And this show was brought to you by the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants, leaders in business. Numbers rule the world. Inflation. Interest rates petrol price and when numbers change you need to know how to respond especially when it comes to business partner with a chartered accountant and get far more than a numbers person a casa is equipped with holistic business acumen and decision making expertise when evaluating your business's future growth partner with a responsible leader in business partner with a casa today go to saiga.co.za and that's it for this edition of the money web admira show thank you for tuning in 